0: Before I get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to Skype, which is the program that made this podcast possible because we're all um, exercising social distancing. We try to make it a point to still be accessible and still be able to connect through platforms like Skype. So if you have that or Zoom or Google Hangouts or anything like that, it is totally possible to connect with your friends and loved ones and stuff like that at this time. So please, please make use of that. Be safe, wash your hands, respect the rules and take care of yourselves and other people. Hey guys, welcome to another FYFT episode of the Salumas podcast. If you've heard us say it once before, you've heard it said a thousand times when we say that your life is a book made up of stories, and it's up to you to make sure that no matter what happens, good or bad, through love, awareness and accountability of yourself, you remain the hero of those stories. For some of us, though, those stories begin or change by getting lost in the stories told by other people. And that's where Lindsay's story begins. Lindsay is the director of the Russell County Public Library in Jamestown, Kentucky. And while her livelihood is heavily centered around books, stories, and running operations of the library, her purpose, her calling, her why lies in something deeper. This episode is about a desire for control that we all have, but also a need to let go of it. It's about accepting what is, but opening yourself up to what could be. It's about finding peace, recognition and significance in your very own insignificance. And lastly, it's about living a story worth telling. Guys, I'm beyond glad to have Lindsay on this episode. I'm so glad she took the time to tell us her story. So without further ado, I present to you part eight of the FYFT series. Well read. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're
1: good. Okay.
0: So it's been a long time, huh?
2: It's been a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
2: been 10, 12.
0: Has it really been that long?
2: 12 years. I oh think 2000, 2008 or so. That's when we worked together. Well, that's. Oh crap. Yeah, yeah.
0: Wow, wow. So how's life been?
2: Life has been really good. Um,
0: good. good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So this is, uh, I wanted to have you on our, uh, FYFT series. Uh, you know what those ones are, right? Yes. Okay. All right, cool. So for any listener who doesn't know what that is, uh, that stands for find your fucking thing. And, uh, I'm just, I'm excited to have you on there. Uh, I remember whenever you, uh, when you left, uh, WKU and to take on this job, And I had no clue that this was the kind of stuff that you're into. And it's and it's clear that you found your thing. But, uh, you know, through our different conversations that we have um, or that we've had, I really think that this is like a there's like a bigger calling here. And so I wanted to just sort of pick your brain. And uh, especially after I went to to your facility, your facility for a work event, it was uh, I learned a lot about what you do. And um, I just want to be able to get that message out to people right now. And I think that in a time where everyone is kind of like locked into their houses, there's I think that there should be a big emphasis on reading and uh, just being well read in general. But I want to dig deeper into that uh, as far as, you know, how it's affected you and how you're making an impact on other people's lives. And so I don't know where you want to start. Uh, (laughs) Let's just start from the beginning, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, every good book has a beginning and a yeah. middle and an end. And so, yeah, I mean, I think probably my beginning beginning is, you know, when I was little, my mom read to me constantly. I um, we had a house full of books um, mm-hmm. and they were all kinds of books. Um My favorite was the monster at the end of this book and uh, Grover from Sesame Street is the character in it. And mom would read it with, with that Grover voice, which um, she was. Can you please do the voice? I I mean, it's something like this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something kind of like that.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. And so, you know, reading was just what you did. It was just part of our life together mom and me and, and we we would read chapter books together as I got older um and we would go to the library in the evenings you know on weeknights after she got home from work and it was like a big adventure and um so and I, I mean I know some of that sounds a little cliche but I mean it was true for me that's that was a really that was really impactful for um what led me I think to to want to do well in school and to question things and to think about things critically and not just accept everything for what it might may seem face value. And um, so, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I was going to say that that was something for me growing up. And I obviously, I, I think it's just from, Having uh, a dad that was a professor and stuff like we were and just being around higher ed and stuff like that all the time. uh, That was where we were able to hang out with dad was just when he was studying, uh, we would be at the library with him, too. And whenever he was uh, or whenever we got older, that's kind of where we went in the summers. Uh, One of the things that we had to do um, was study two hours a day every single day before uh, before we got outside to go and play. Wow. And so one of the things that we did was that we always went to the public library. And I'm very thankful that like, it was kind of a, if you want to call it, he was just like, go in there and find something and read. And right. we would be there for like two hours. So I would, when, when I started to read bigger words, like I was reading shit that a a kid shouldn't be reading. Uh Like I remember one of my favorite books was on the cold war. And I remember being a a fourth grader and learning about how intercontinental ballistic missiles worked. (laughs) I was just like, what? You know what I mean? And And I had all kinds of just weird knowledge. And it was, it was interesting because when it came to like school, like I was a so, so student, I guess, you know, but there none of the stuff really interested me that much in school unless it was about something I was reading about. Does that make sense?
2: Totally. Yes. Like I just wasn't I,
0: really passionate about too much stuff.
2: Yeah. I think like you are so lucky that you had parents who um, fed your interests.
1: Mm, and yeah,
2: like, because um, I, I tell everybody all the time, um, even if you don't love to read, like people come in the library all the time they're like, you know, they need, they need to make a copy of something or they need to print something off the computer. And they're like, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't (laughs) want to read. I I don't want to come in here and read. And we're like, well, you don't have to read. I mean, you don't have to, but I mean, you're, you read everything. You read street (laughs) signs, you read maps, you read recipes, whether you like it or not. And so, um, I think that, when you're young, when you're in that formative time, if you can just read what feeds you, mm. that sets that. That's the difference between like, you don't have to read 10 books a week. Yeah. Um, it's about like what feeds you, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's so what great. What fed you? I, uh, yeah, whoa, <laughs> 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 whoa.
0: We were going to go there.
2: <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Like what fed me was, I think it was like, it, okay. I think it was like not getting out. Cause it's, it's not like I grew up in a terrible um, childhood. It was a wonderful childhood. It was great. But um, neither of my parents went to college. Um, my mom worked at the post office. My dad was a farmer. Um, and it was like, i you know, this is, this is how I'm going to be my own person. Like this, this is, this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to, you know, um, choose where I go in life, I think. So I, yeah, I think, I don't know. Reading was just like, it was an escape. It was, it was like an achievement. It was like, I think about people who, you know, my husband watches all these gamers on Twitch all the time. and, And they're like, they've got to win they're getting through these levels or whatever and that's like what reading in school was for me like that was my game that was that's what I was gonna win I get and mm. that's kind of whoa now that I say that I'm like whoa is that am I shallow to no to, to feel Not that way but may, maybe maybe I've learned something about myself right now that's the yeah. point of this though
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know I've I've always thought, you know, when I first went to your town again for for work and hearing some of the stuff that was said about the town. Now, that is where you're from, Russell Springs. That's Yeah, that's my hometown. When they had said that, and I don't know if this was the statistic for when you were a child, but they said that 33 percent of that population lives, you know, at or under the poverty line. Is that that is the case, right?
2: Easily. Yes, Absolutely.
0: so when there's not much going on, that oh, yeah. seems like a a valid escape is to try and find yourself in a book where maybe the thing was that not many people were going to other places or not not many people maybe had the means to go to other places. Yeah, and it was probably easier to get lost in a book. So my question was, how when when you got lost in books frequently,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how does it compare to reality?
1: Hmm.
2: I think that reality is like, OK, right now, what's going on in my mind in the world that we're living in this week and yeah. <laughs> yeah. these past couple of weeks is that I'm realizing my life is passing me by way too fast mm-hmm. and everything is moving too fast and I am moving too fast along with it. And that when all of this global pandemic is over that I don't. I, I want to be really selfish with my time mm, yeah.
1: and what,
2: what I give it back to once yep. this is over. And so, like I've been reading a couple fiction books right now that mm-hmm. are, um, you know, kind of they're, they're almost like romantic comedies in a way, which is not not typically what I read. But
1: really, like
2: it's like I I came home from work today. Mm-hmm. Went out on my front porch for 30 minutes and there's the afternoon sun and the breeze and I just read and I slowed down and I yeah. just breathe and my mind clears and things slow down. So I think that that's my escape It's not so much what I'm escaping to. It's not like I'm escaping into the world of the book necessarily. Yeah. I'm just like escaping back to myself, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the concepts that we say on our podcast is we, we talk about the, the importance of being an active participant in your life. And, um, it's extremely hard to do sometimes because you do get caught up in the motions and the world is going to move extremely fast and it's hard not to move with it. And I remember one of the episodes that we had done, um, we had called it, I think it was hero or something like that. I think it was Uh, something about being a hero, but what the, what our guest was talking about, and maybe you've heard of him too. Have you heard of Joseph Campbell?
2: No, I don't think so. Tell me. Okay.
0: So Joseph Campbell, he, he has this concept that he calls the hero's journey. And um, he says that in, in every story that you read mainly, like if there is a, uh, like some kind of a hero in it, essentially they all follow the same storyline. They Mm, all follow the same track. Sure. You know, so whether it's, you know, um, why am I blanking on the, like the Iliad or mm-hmm. going from the Iliad to like Iron Man, you know, yeah. it's all the same type of story. And yeah. there's a, there's a, a phase or there's a couple of different phases that someone essentially goes through before they become that hero. And mm-hmm. so we've always thought that one of the things that we, when we tell people about Being an actor or being the hero of your own story, if your life was a book, it's that I think a lot of us do go through phases like that. And just like the phase that you're that you're having right now where you're realizing, oh, shit, like life is moving extremely fast. I need to start paying attention. Like I would equate that in Joseph Campbell's graph as like the, the hero's first death, if you will. Yeah. And it's like where essentially life just beats the brakes off of you. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're like, Oh my God, I'm not who I thought I was in a sense, you know? Yes. Or, I'm not as prepared for life as I thought. And you essentially experience a little bit of a death. And then through that. Through that process of coming back to life, if you will, you meet new friends and other people join your journey and stuff like that. And then you go back again to face, you know, the the big evil person, if you will. And this time you actually win. And and I think that we can attribute that to to so many other facets of our life if we were to treat these moments like stories. And so I I see what you're talking about is just another part of your story. Maybe this is just Lindsay's death here and she's yeah. coming back and she's realizing stuff. Would you would you say that that maybe is something that you're going oh, yeah. through? What?
2: Yeah. I, well, I think um, everything you're saying sounds so familiar. So I'm going to have to look it up <laughs> yeah, yeah, it and absolutely. read all about it. But I think it's something like, you know, you have to, like the, the hero has to want something, mm. then lose something
0: yep. and then change. Yep, and As and a, it's, there's a call to action. Yes, there's something yeah. that happens. It's like I gotta, I gotta figure, and you, yeah. and it's your choice to either answer the call or leave it alone.
1: Yes,
2: and I think for me, like I think my life is a series of that, and mm. I think I have, I have those experiences nearly constantly. Some of those experiences happen over a period of many, many years. Some of them happen like within a day. Like I, I relate to that so much. I feel like. I'm the kind of person who I change nearly every day (laughs) into like, like I'm not saying that well, like I think that I almost, almost every day I see something about that day that was good that I want to do again or that I didn't like, and I'm going to change and do differently the next day. Like I feel like I'm in a constant state of, I I, I'm very aware of my life being that. Um, And some of those calls to action are really huge and some of them are just tiny things, um, you know, but yeah, I think this is certainly one of them. I mean, everything about everyone's world is changing right now.
0: When was the last time that you just stopped thinking about everything?
2: I think it was probably about eight years ago. (laughs) <laughs> T- truly, um,
0: <laughs> really? Were you yeah. high as shit or something like that? I must, like, have, been, is- I must <laughs> have been.
2: I must have been. You know, no. Like I have, of course. You, you know, I take time for myself when I can, and yeah. when, when you go on vacation, you can really clear your mind. But truly, when I really think about it, I think whenever I took this job, which was going on eight years ago, that was the last time that I was up. Uh, up until truly, I will tell you, up until. December, what was it? December 18th, 2019 was probably my first day of mental complete rest. And I will tell you why, because, um, when I took the job at the library, um, I was in the interview for the, for the job and, uh, the board said, you know, it's our goal that we want to build this building. We want a new, a new library building, and uh, I remember asking. I was like, "Well, you know, do we have the money for it? Can we start building it right away?" And, um, you know. There were so many things that had to be done and there were so many challenges we had to overcome in our community, getting the support for it and then saving up the money and um, applying for the grant for it, the finances for it. And then there was the actual building of it, which took, you know, two and a half to three years. So we opened the building on December 12th of 2019 and our grand opening was on December, um, 7th. Yeah. December 17th. And so I remember after the grand opening was over, feeling a weight lifted off of me because I had been working on something for the last eight, seven and a half years. Oh my and God. and it was finished. I mean, it was like I finally had finished the biggest thing, the biggest project of my entire life. Really? And so. Um, so, yeah. So since then, I mean, I have been in the steady state of like winding down. It's like a three month period of winding down. Wow. And and I think this is it. So now I'm like, while my heart breaks for people who are going through really scary times right now, whether it's financially and they're losing their job, or if they have a family member is that's sick and, and they're experiencing illness throughout this pandemic, um, my heart breaks for that. But there is this tiny part of me, like the innermost part of me that like, Loves this for myself. It for right. myself. It is a. It's a. Okay. I. Everything around me has stopped. I have no fear of missing out right now. I'm yeah. just. I'm just here, and yeah. so. It's a weird dichotomy. I. It, it's a strange feeling right yeah. now. I think.
0: Yeah. So I want to. I want to transition up into the the library itself. Yeah. Um, that's not something that many. Towns, or at least that I think, it's not something that a lot of people really think about anymore. How yeah. do we sort of? What made you want to to start something like that, knowing how important it is, but also knowing how it seems like it it seems like it's not used much. You know, I go yeah. through the different libraries just here in Bowling Green, and I've been to different libraries in other and other counties and stuff like that, and it just. Doesn't seem like something that gets used much. And, and truthfully, yeah. I've wondered about the sustainability of libraries these days. Yeah. So tell me about why you chose something like that to sort of be your calling.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know that I chose it to be my calling. I think mm-hmm. the, the, the job was open and I applied for it and yep. I think it chose me in some ways. The mm. timing worked out and and it ended up, I ended up realizing that was what I was supposed to do. Like that was, I think that goes all the way back to the beginning of my story. Yeah. So, but, um yeah, I mean, I think I, I do not envy libraries in big, big cities because I think that um, when I go and visit them, I see a very different kind of library than what I see in small towns like what we have. So in a place like Russell County, um, the library is the community center. It is the um, meeting place. It is the after school homework hangout place. Um, and not every community has that. I would say that different communities, libraries have different cultures and yeah. they have different personalities. Um, our community really cares about its library. Um, and so we're we're just kind of fortunate in that. I, I mean, but you have to work at that. Yeah, you have I'd to imagine. work at it to prove to your community that you are still relevant. Because there are plenty mm. of people that say, you know, I mean, well, we have Google. Why do you need a library? Um,
0: Man, I was going to I was going to talk. I was going to say something about that.
2: Sure. But I mean, it's like you were saying about, you know, more than 30 percent of people in our community are at or below the poverty line. Well, that's that many people who don't have access to the Internet. They don't have Google. So, I mean, Google's good enough for that 70 percent. But what about the other 30 percent? Yeah. Um, And what about the people who right now have lost their jobs, and they are having to apply for unemployment and they do not have a computer in their house with which to do that. Yeah. How, how are they supposed to apply for unemployment? They yeah. have to go to a library to do it. So it goes back to those people who come in and they're like, well, I, I don't want to read. Like, I, I'm not a big reader. Yeah. That's. The, the public library is about so much more than just reading. Yes, we have a ton of books, but we also are the place where um where the Chamber of Commerce has their meeting. We're also the place where someone can come and fax things. Did you know that people still fax things?
0: Man, I they fax I, things all yeah, the time. Yeah. And okay. it's crazy in my in my field when because I'm like software sales and stuff and I'll go to <laughs> Someone, I see a fax machine, like I die a little bit inside, but yeah. I do know that it's something that's very much needed. There are some huh. industries where like, they're like, yeah. no, you're going to send a fax.
2: Yes. So, and who has a fax machine in their house? Nobody. <laughs>
0: no one. No <laughs> one. So no you
2: have to go to the library for that service. But yeah. I mean, like also, so talking about relevancy, like mm. so many libraries today and ours is one. We're fortunate in our new building to have maker spaces. It's um, spaces where people can come and learn how to do things. Um, they can do things with their hands. They can learn things on, uh, you know, in computer software. Uh, program. So in our building, we have a vinyl cutting machine. We have a button maker. We have a large format printer. Um, they, oh, oh, we have a photo scanner. Um, think about like all the people that have shoe boxes full of stacks of old photos That's and cool. in their basement. Okay. And you're like, oh, someday we got to get down there and get those photos out. Yeah. And what are you going to do with them? You're really not. I mean, because all of our photos not, today are digital. Yep. So you can come to the library with that shoebox and put a stack of them in our photo scanner, put in a USB drive. And in 60 seconds, they're scanned and they're digitized. So, That's
1: cool.
2: you know, the, those are the types of those are some of the types of services that libraries today are offering. And I think that librarians over time have been really good at adapting. Um, They understand most of them. The good ones understand that to stay relevant, they have to provide more than just some librarian shushing them behind the desk. (laughs) Why
0: do you think that what happened in our society where we stopped reading? Like, where do you think that that (sighs) happened? Because I see stuff like I see online and I learned so much from the library. I learned how to research for one yeah. uh, on top of the fact that, you know, my dad actually, both my parents are professors. Um, but I learned to research at the library. I learned to read just different opinions and different sides of things from the library. And though I, though I did pose that question, like why it, why should anyone go for me, the library, it was easy to see the library as a spot to go and escape. Um, But why is it that like or not so much of a why, like where do you think it happened that people just stopped caring about it, if you will?
2: Man, I mean, can I just say, I guess with the rise of the Internet in some ways, you know, information is nanoseconds away from us at at any time we carry it in our pockets 24 hours a day. We wake up. And the first thing that we do when we, when we wake up in the morning, probably is check our phones. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to work at it as hard. Um, as you used to, you, I mean, used to, you had to search out information. You had to use your brain to process it. You had to, you know, really cons- like we talked about at the beginning, you had to consider it and analyze it and think about it yourself. Now it is. Not only is it like fed to you, it is shoved down your throats. Mm. I think in some ways. and so so what's the appeal to go pick up a book to, or to 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 drive to a library to search for a book, pull it off of a shelf, and then sit and read it when within seconds you can have it right in front of your face. I guess yeah. maybe that would be it. Sure, I don't know. What do you think?
0: I, I too think it was something along the lines of the, when, not so much just when the internet came through, but when it became somewhat easily accessible yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think that we, Chris, on Chris on our podcast, he has this, this concept of a, he, he would call it like your, your, everyone has like a dumb ass people mm-hmm. who is just this like. They have all the knowledge or something oh, like yeah. that. They're, they're kind of like that. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and they think that everything that they say is right and stuff like that. But over over time, because of the Internet, we now call that people, the dumbass people, because the Internet will always find a way to to have a different view or especially one view that that appeases your sensibilities and one that makes you feel like you're right or will confirm your belief or something like yes. that. And so if you you don't go to the library to to read or or understand things you you may not agree with, uh, you yes. can always use the Internet to confirm everything. And I think that everyone likes that feeling. I, obviously, your brain likes to feel like it's right. And so I think that as as the Internet became more readily accessible and it became just more comfortable to use, um, that that's when I think that. Things like the library just kind of fell to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that it's such an important thing to have things like libraries, because one of the things that you said when we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago was something that I to remember is, is how the library built my confidence. Mm-hmm. And you had said that you all have a program where where yeah. kids read to dogs. Yeah. You talk yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, oh, it's it is. The most, I think it is all of our staffs favorite program that we do. It's awesome. Um, we have a, there's a group in the neighboring County and they work with training service dogs and therapy dogs. And so they have a group of, um, community outreach dogs and they go to nursing homes and schools and, um, daycare centers and things like that. And we asked them to come, um, because a, a lot of other libraries were doing this. We had seen in some articles and we're like, we can do this too. And, um, where they bring in the therapy dogs and we just open up the building. The building's always open, but I mean, we open it up and encourage children, especially, but anybody truly can come and sit and read to a dog because a dog is just going to listen. You can sit Mm -hmm. there and pet the dog. Um, They're not judgmental. If you make a mistake as you're reading, They don't care. Um, And so those programs had, I mean, there have been studies that have shown they're excellent for um, struggling readers and reluctant readers. If you can think about the experience that you had reading as a child, it was a good feeling for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, put yourself in the shoes of a child who is struggling or um, who, even if they're not struggling, they just aren't in a good environment. Mm -hmm. And, Reading is not something that brings them pleasure. It's something that brings them.
0: Shame, anxiety. Yeah. Oh, anxiety.
2: Uh, bad Look, feelings.
0: We were ruthless in elementary school. And I remember that like when there would be a kid that Ugh. would, you know, we would have those little things where it's like the teacher would have. And back then, of course, teachers didn't, you know, that just wasn't something that they thought (laughs) about, you know, they didn't (laughs) think of mental health. Like these kids are grown up. They're like a little bit messed up, you know, so uh, true. you know, I know where you're going. Yeah. Everyone would read a paragraph or something in the book. And then it hits that one kid who is going to be stuttering on the, on the paragraph. And I I remember when you told me about that and we, you know, we talked back and forth and to this day, I still think of that kid and, how much I believe that it messed up his confidence. Um totally. Just yeah, just not being able to sound the words out. And if if there was a resource like that where he can go in and, and sit and read and not just it doesn't have to be a dog. It, it could just be just by himself, because I've always thought I've always every library I've seen has had those independent rooms where you can kind of be by yeah. yourself yeah. and read. And so many people don't have things like that and not even just be by yourself or read out loud. Because yes. uh, I think one of the hardest pe- things for people is hearing their own voice when they're actually reading something like even I I've learned to laugh about the times when when I'm reading something, if I'm reading like a, uh literally for one for our sponsor, we have like a script that we that I read okay. and I screw that up probably. One out of every four times screw <laughs> yeah. that up. And I'm just like, damn it. You know, and it's it's just so it's just the way my mind works. But I've learned to laugh at it and have a good time with it. But like as a kid, when you're doing that in front of people, yeah, oh, oh, it, that stuff breaks my heart seeing that happen.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you have to build your confidence before you can really even build your skill. Because, you know, a, a child like can can sit with a teacher who is constantly correcting them. And, yeah, they're learning that. Maybe they're learning it, but they're not internalizing it as anything that brings them good feelings necessarily. And so if you can sit, like you said, with a dog or or even alone or like just something mm-hmm. where you are you're getting good, you're getting feedback that isn't judgmental and that isn't corrective and um that can help build confidence yeah and so yes. you have to start there you have to start i think you have to start from a good place before yes. you can try to build on that
0: so and, you know it would you it was great that you said that about that confidence part i i wanted to go back to when i was a kid thinking about the uh I remember also I was crazy about airplanes and just yeah. just aeronautics and all that kind of stuff. And I remember how excited I got in fourth grade specifically when when I, I was so sick of long division and all this other stuff. And it made me cry in class and stuff like that. But and then sometimes like there were we we would we read one book. It was um there was it was where the red fern grows. Do you remember that book? I Love that book. Yeah. It's like one of, it's, it's one of my favorites, but it sucked (laughs) reading like certain parts in there. And, uh, and, uh, I remember just like having no confidence in there. But whenever we got, whenever we started learning about the Wright brothers, oh my God, you would think I was like slightly autistic with like, with the type (sighs) of knowledge and things that I was saying in there. Yeah. And it was, it was just so crazy. And I wish that that, that whole thing, lasted the entire school year, you know what yes, I mean? Yes. But you're right when when you're confident about something that you're doing, especially if it's something like reading or whatever, it's going to come out. And and any other time if you if you literally you don't have to have the knowledge, but if you lack the confidence in learning about it, yeah. You're you're kind of screwed.
2: You are. When you have when you have joy in doing something, it's mm-hmm. no longer work. And yeah. that's true of I mean that's true of reading and that's true of working and that's true of just life um it's true of any skill i think and so yeah i mean i think you've got to you've got to find a place to start from that i i I have this i have this little clipboard um on my desk it's a tiny little like decorative thing and Mm -hmm. it has um positive affirmations, <laughs> you know, like when you yeah. have, have, a, have a bad day. And so I have like five or six that I just shuffle around depending on what day I'm having. And uh, my favorite one, and I have it set to this right now, is start where you are.
0: Mm.
2: And I think like that always helps me to reset yes. whenever I have a million things on my desk, whenever I have a million things on my mind, whenever I am not feeling confident about my day. When I'm Mm -hmm. when I look ahead to my day and I think I've got some tough things that I have to do today, I've got to, you know, whatever I have to write somebody up, I have to, Mm -hmm. you know, have a difficult conversation with a uh, vendor, Mm -hmm. Um, and I can just think, start where you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. If
2: you if you can just start there,
1: I
0: like that. So in your in your field, you're you're most certainly like a curator of all the knowledge and books and all that kind of stuff of information, right? How would you how do you curate your life? And do you Uh like your friends and your home and all that kind of stuff? Do you take that same librarian mentality into your personal life?
2: (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Like every, so, (laughs) you know, I mean, I am, I am a list maker of everything. So here two weeks ago, things are getting serious with this, you know, coronavirus and my husband's like, we gotta go to the grocery. We are getting, you know, enough food for two or three weeks. I'm like, okay, great. Get my list, go to the grocery. I get home and can I just tell you what I did? I <laughs> made an Excel spreadsheet.
0: Oh my God.
2: Of, <laughs> of the items that we bought. And they are, you know, in different tabs. And, you know, you have all of your perishables in one sheet and they're arranged by date. So we know like what we have to eat first to make it last. (laughs) And so and I don't do that for everything, but that is certainly well, I think in this situation that we're in right now, that is how I find ways to control an uncontrollable situation. I cannot control what's happening in the world, but I can control the food that's in my refrigerator. So, but yeah, I do that for just, um, just like things in my life. We, so I'm sitting in my living room right now and um, you can't see, but in front of me mm-hmm. is this old card catalog that came out of an old library. And um, it is, the best junk drawer because you have all these tiny little compartments. And so every compartment we have labeled. So one of them is like where our scissors go. And like another one is where shoe polish goes. The stuff in your house that you have no other place for, that's where it goes. And so, yeah, I think that I tend to be the kind of person that curates a lot of things, probably curates it too much. And I think then that that is a huge weakness for me. I mean, I, yeah, I think that I can um look at the world in too too much of a black and white perspective sometimes because of that. And that's so what, that's what I was going to ask all, you. Yeah.
0: I want yeah, to ask I mean, you like when was the last time that you felt powerless? Like you couldn't librarian your way in or out of something? What was that like?
2: That is for for people like me, like a type A librarian mm-hmm. type person, that is it is well it's like the situation now where i say i have to find something that i can control in wow. an uncontrollable I, you know in an uncontrollable yeah. if if i can find something then i feel like I, I at least have some footing but um yeah when was the last time <sighs> i i feel it a lot i you know i feel it a lot um i feel it I feel it just in, um, I think, okay, I'm 34. Like I, what have I not done in my life that I really want to do? You know? Um, and I, I think that that there's, there's like a powerlessness there. Sometimes I think about like, you know, should, should I have had kids by now? Should I have, um, you know, um, moved up to even a different job by now? Like, should I have, you know, I'm so thankful I still have my grandparents living,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, but like, should I have spent more time with them? I, I think probably my powerlessness feelings, I guess, now that I'm talking about it, tend to come when I'm looking back, looking back or looking forward on potential regrets. Maybe. Wow. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's it. I because think... I can't librarian in that.
0: Yeah, that's true. You so. really can't. I think regret is something that that all of us obviously experience. And, you know, it was my my wife used to be a a, a hospice nurse. And one of the things that uh, she would talk a little bit about is those moments where um, where those people are on their on their deathbed. And mm. they may talk about those moments of regret where they have they might have had tons of control over things. And sometimes the, the beautiful part about life is sort of letting go of control and just sort of letting things happen. And part of that regret sometimes is just like, man, I, maybe I shouldn't have been so uptight about this thing, or maybe I should have just gone and said, Hey, or something like that. It's, it's very hard for even people like me. I, I don't like feeling like, I don't like feeling powerless, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, or that I don't have any control. And some, one of the things that I that I have started doing is, uh, and and I've been doing it for a little bit, is mountain biking. And one, of, and I say it in this podcast that the reason why I go out into the nature is because that is where I have my dose of my insignificance. Yes, um, I've got I've got uh, at some in some points a, a big ass ego. And, and sometimes I, I need to be reminded just for a little bit because it can get depressing. If, if you step out of nature and just realize how much you don't matter yeah. and, and how much my control or organization or lack thereof doesn't matter. Like it's, that's something that I do. And, um, it's scary a lot of times, but other times it's, it's good to have. Mm-hmm. And so that was why I was going to ask, you know, it was just what that's like for you does it feel is it scary at all when you when you have those moments of regret or is it scary when you're like there's no way I can librarian this because I think that there are people that that are not librarians there there's mothers out there there's fathers mm-hmm. out there, there's all sorts of people out there that think that you're the measure of how good you are of, yeah. of, a, of an adult or whatever is how well you can and I'm doing like my air quotes just librarian mm-hmm. shit yeah you know and just take control of a bunch of things. And sometimes that's not it. Sometimes it's having it's just accepting what is and starting where you are. Like you said, that's the one to dude, That's hard. Yes. that is hard to start where you are.
2: It is so hard. So like, OK, I have to say. So when I I was going to a meeting in Frankfurt, this was a few mm-hmm. months ago. And I'm like, OK, I need something new to listen to. And I downloaded the your podcast. It was the. Um, F.Y.F.T. of the first one I listened to was um I, and I don't remember his name, but the guy that's like going on the nine month hike. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And so you all were talking about this very thing. And of course, I mean, I knew you already. But uh-huh. when I heard you talk about the part about going out into nature and remembering and realizing and reaccepting your insignificance, I was like, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And that is when. I was like, I'm pulling over this car right now and sending you a message to tell you how that was. Like, so cool. How much I get that. So here's my thing with that. Yeah. So my lot, well, like things are on a routine around here. Yeah. So we have four dogs, and our routine is in the morning. My husband is responsible for the dogs. I, <laughs> yeah. I do not get up when the alarm goes off. I roll uh, over and I sleep for another 45 minutes. Uh-huh. He takes them out and he feeds them and he takes care of them in the morning. But at night, they're my responsibility. And so he goes and does what he wants to do. And at night, I'm the one that feeds them. I'm the one that takes them out and, um, you know, whatever. So at night, I will take them out, you know, to use the bathroom before bed. We go outside and I every night look up at the sky and mm. to me the easiest and best way. And I can do it as long as it's not cloudy. You look up at the sky and you look at the stars and we, we live kind of out in the country. So there's no oh, light around. Out there. And it is, it is, it is, it is so beautiful that, you know, there are different types of night sky, like not scientifically, this is my version of it. Mm-hmm. There are nights where the moon is so bright that it shines through the clouds and you just see like, it's almost like it's daylight, you know, even mm. though it's 10 o'clock at night. Um, yeah. Then there are the nights where there is no moon and no stars, but somehow you see the darkness and it is like this rich, deep, navy, dark. And but you can see it. It's like, it's like the night sky is tangible. So to me, the night sky, that is what reminds me oh my gosh, I am one person on a massive rock Mm -hmm. that is circling around billions of other massive rocks. And even that is like, you know, a pinprick in the scale of the universe. And like, there it is. And I go, okay, so I really don't need to worry about calling a uh. that person tomorrow and telling them, like, <laughs> sorry, I'm going with another vendor. I don't have, I really do not need to give that another nanoseconds thought. Like yeah. that is, that's it for me. And when I heard you talk about that in that first podcast I listened to, I was like, yes, that is it. And and it may not be nature for you. For you, it's nature. For me, it's nighttime for somebody else. It's something else. But I think that is So important to the human experience that we understand that and we realize how microscopic we are.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's a somehow this makes me think about those times that, uh, whether I'm writing or I'm just thinking or if I'm having a conversation with someone and I hit flow state. Do you have you heard of that before? I
2: have. I heard you talk about it. Yeah. yeah and so, how Kobe Bryant would. Uh, I, yes, after, yes. I, after I heard that, I read about it. That's pretty insane. I really didn't know much about it until then. Have you had
0: ahead. a moment like that before?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I have, Now that I know what it is, I definitely have. Yeah. Do you have I, that I, when you're reading? I, I don't. I, some people might. I, I'm a, Honestly, I'm a slow reader. Truly, I'm so no. I don't think I have it when I'm reading. I think I have it when I am. I have it when I am in the middle of that to do list, and I'm like, okay, yes, I've got three things left. Go do this, and like, I, I, I don't even know where time goes. But I think that's mine.
0: So you know, it made me think is that, or what makes me wonder is that typically when people hit flow state, it's when they're doing something that they love. That is like at their core. So being that you're a librarian, maybe have you thought about maybe the books and all that stuff might not be your love. It's just the process that might be it.
2: You OK, that is it. Like that is precisely it. So I'm not even OK. I'm the library director, but I'm not okay. the person that that chooses the books. I have somebody on our staff who is she is the one who. Oh, she definitely gets into flow state when she's reading. I mean, she is the person who reads 10 books a week. And that that is her passion. For me, you are so right. It is not specifically the books. It's not specifically the reading. It's the it is everything that that revolves around. It's the Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's putting things into place, putting systems and putting excellent staff into place. That is it to me. So it's library, librarying <laughs> the library. That, yeah. That's what it is yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. Huh? You know, in I other fields, so. they call that project manager. So, uh,
2: so maybe geez. that's it.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. no, that's a. Uh, I think that's. I think that's beautiful. And I want to know more about how that works. In in I I know you said that you have your list of things and, and, and your husband has his list of things, but how does that work? Like in a, and, and cut me off if I'm getting too personal, but like in, in times of conflict in your personal life, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like not librarian things
1: <sighs>
0: or do you do that? Do you compartmentalize people and, and problems and stuff like that?
2: I know. I, so Honestly, we joke about this. Like, my husband is a way better librarian than I am. Mm. In in that way, he can totally compartmentalize things, and he can see something for what it is, and deal with it, and move on. And I can't. Like, I let everything spill over. <laughs> in really? My oh, I do. I really do. So, in my personal relationships, in my you know marriage, in my home life. Yeah. I, things are messy. They feel like sometimes, and I feel like, but, but I don't know, maybe that's, I think that that's a place where somehow I, I'm able to give myself grace there. Like, I don't think, that I feel like I have to organize all of that. And so maybe that's my place where I, where I am. I'm where I'm most myself. Sure. And I can just, I can just be. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, in conflicts and, and things, I, oh, I want good resolutions, but I want to feel all the things that I feel to get to there. I
0: think <laughs> sometimes that sucks.
2: Yeah, it does. Sometimes
0: yeah. that sucks bad. You know, I've one of the things that really helped me through just my marriage or just my friendships or anything like that is I can't remember who's, I think it might've been Chris. I think he said like any of the relationships you have are in a state of constant repair. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a good spot for you as someone who is, uh, who is passionate about the process, no matter what it is, it's just that process. I think having that mindset of things being in constant repair gives you the freedom to feel whatever you want to, to screw up uh, to get it right or to let things go. I think that you're in a very good spot to having that type of mindset. And there are a lot of people who, who work for perfect and they, they forget about the, the process and they forget that things and just life in general, just us, we're, we're always in a state of constant repair. We're all damaged goods some way, mm-hmm. shape or form, but it's the fact that we're, we're all trying to be better, but it's the key word is trying. And I think everyone kind of has their mindset on being perfect or being number one. And I think that's part of what causes a lot of the stress and problems and stuff in life. And I think that part of part of where I also learned to accept that was through reading mm-hmm. um, and reading different types of books about just different philosophies on mm-hmm. on relationships, on thought and all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, for me, even though I read stuff, it's hard to Put that to practice in, in real life. Yeah. You know, do you, do you struggle with that, too? Like, even I when do. you say that you can you can let go and you look up into nature and you or you look up at the stars and that's where you learn to let things go do you still tend to repeat the same process and you're like, well, damn it, I'm back here again on my back porch, looking up at the sky.
2: So like, okay. So your friend, Chris, I think says it way better than I tried to say it, you know, Uh a few minutes ago, like he said, uh, how he said, we're in a constant state of repair. That's how I feel like every day I'm changing every day. I'm becoming a new person. And, but what, the way he has said it, that's much more accurate. I think I feel like I, I, don't ever really want to be finished. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're finished, I mean, why I I keep going? You know, why so I, I mean, yeah, I have, um, I have this one staff member and she is, she's wonderful. I mean, she's absolutely great. She, um, is, uh, like she, she's our, our operations manager essentially. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, maybe I'm in charge, but. Really, she's the one in charge. Like, yeah, she's the one yeah. who really knows what's going on. Um, and it is so great that she and I can, in some ways, co-lead our staff because we're very different. Um, she, and I have to tell her all the time, um, she wants everything to always be perfect yeah. and she stresses herself out way too much by wanting that. And, um, and that's not what anyone's goal should be. Ever.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, enemy's the perfect of good. Or, um, uh, perfect is the enemy of good. And, yes. um, so, so even though I do have to library everything in my life, still I, I get that, that you have to, um, you have to just let things be what they are and let tomorrow come and repair it as well.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So my my last question to you is, given that we both agree that our lives read like stories, where do you think you are in your life story right now? Beginning, middle or end or what?
2: I Some days I have this fear that I have this fear, not, not like a fear that it's at the end. So I, don't really, to me.
0: I think about that.
2: But but in some ways I do. And I think. Okay, I I think because my life has, I have made my life accomplishment driven. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have to accomplish this. Okay, now that's done. Now I have to accomplish this. Okay, now that's done. And I think that when I finish and when I when I achieve something, whatever it is, um, I too often think, okay, gosh, that's it. Now is my time up? You know, I don't want it to be up. I, I hope that it's somewhere right before the middle. <laughs> I mean, that's, where I, that's where I hope it is. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, and.
0: Cause you had talked yeah. about just a second ago, you were like, you know, you were talking about the little bits of regret that you might have. Like, should I have yeah. had kids? Should I have yeah. done this? Should I have done that? Like, that's why yeah. I asked like, where are you? Yeah. In- I,
2: yeah. I, and I think about all those things. Like, am I, am I too old now? No. I mean, I know I'm not, I know I'm not, but. But um, I, I don't know. It's, I, I hope I'm right before the middle. Yeah, That's where I hope I am.
0: You know, and, when I was. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I mean, I, I think I think that I probably need to. I'm glad you asked that because I need to think about that. I need to think about if I hope that I'm right before the middle, then what is it that I'm going to do? next like what yes. what what is the middle then yes if that's the case.
0: You know, I uh that was part of the reason for as I sit and think on my life, which happens often, like that was part of the reason why I I left Western
1: mm-hmm.
0: was that as much as I love everyone, you know, sure. all over the place, it felt like there were many people that were content and yet still young, so much life in them oh, yeah. just being that's where everything is in life. Yep. Yep. And it scared me to no end thinking that like my life, at least my view of my life was going to be me turning a bunch of screwdrivers and, you know, fixing a couple machines and stuff like that. And that's what it was going to be for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And I remember the hardest thing. Uh, and, and entering a new chapter of my life and working for a company based out of Chicago and then driving to Louisville for work and just going on all that kind of stuff and and thinking like, okay, chase the money, chase the money, do, you know, go through that. And then I realized everything, there's a cost of entry into every phase of your life that you want to go into. And I remember like I was crushing it there. Um, you know, I, crushing it for, for my standards at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I remember just being gone a lot, working all the time. And I remember, and she, my, my stepdaughter doesn't even does not even remember asking this mm-hmm. question, but she had said, like, I remember she, my wife had said that she had asked if, if I still liked hanging out with them or something, it was something along the lines of that. Yeah. And that was like, Oh my God, like, yeah. what am I really chasing? So, you know, I go to Another job. and you know, and I move I move different positions within this company and where I st- where I still am and stuff like that. And another change has happened where I am in technology, but it's like not that I don't love it anymore, mm-hmm. but I see that my life and and my direction and my story is changing. And it's more of like how many how many lives can I make an impact on? You know, how many stories can I tell or share or something like that? And I think one of the best things, and I like, I would consider you lucky that you found your, your why, you know, pretty early. Yeah. I like to think finally finding something like this, what we're, what I'm doing with this podcast, like something that's, it's bigger than me. It's yeah. just so much bigger than me. Um, or at least that's what I think in my head. And I've, you know, and I've, I think I've said it to you, and I don't care if we, you know, our download count is good and stuff like that. But I don't that truthfully, I do not care. It's it's just that mm-hmm. I want to make sure that there was something that I said that made an impact on someone's life or that talked someone off of the ledge or something like yeah. that. And for when, because that has happened, I am now at like a weird crossroads when part of me is just like, I'll just do this shit all day. And, you know, yeah. but I also realized, man, I got, I got bills to pay and, I got all this other stuff to do. And while it's nice getting those checks and stuff like that, I feel alive having these kind of conversations. Like, dude, when I know that I have uh, an FYFT episode, or if I'm just doing one of my quarantine diary episodes, like I will, I come to life. Like, and it might yeah. be a dud or anything. It's just the act of sitting down and just connecting with myself and sitting with myself, not in myself, but sitting with myself and seeing myself as an object. And then sort of talking about it and talking about that to other people, man, that's, that's something that I'm so glad to, to have, but it also like somewhat like depresses me, if you will, when it's like, damn, I wasted a lot of time. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you ever yeah. have a moment like that?
2: Oh, I think about that all the time. I I think like, man, I wasted a lot of time on Facebook tonight. I could have, <laughs> oh, man. I, I could have done a lot of other things than that, uh, yeah. I, and I mean that—that's a small example. That's a very, very minute example. I think I—I um, I totally get what you're saying. I think that for me, um, I have a lot of insignificant conversations all day long. Um, yes. You know, someone comes in, "Hey, how are you? Oh, great, good to see you. Okay, you know," and yeah. that is—that's ninety percent of the day, maybe more. Yeah. Um, and so, conversations like this. are too rare. I think they're too rare in my life and in most people's lives. Somewhere in, I I think we've been talking for like maybe an hour, I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but I think somewhere around like the 15 minute to maybe like 40 minute or 45 minute of this conversation, I think I actually like totally lost myself in it. And that happens too rarely in life. Mm-hmm. And I, I get what you're saying. I think yeah. for you to find that and for you to have that and, and that is your thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I I one thing I respect about this podcast and I I picked it up within 20 minutes of listening to the first one mm-hmm. was that I felt that I don't I didn't care what your topic was. Yes. And i'm not not saying this to like placate you i am oh, really no, 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 no. i mean i meant i mean it genuinely um like the second episode i i listened to was the kobe bryant one and mm. i cannot shoot a basketball for anything mm. i i i mean i knew who he was but barely and so but it was the it was the genuineness that the three of you were talking about like these deep things mm. in this human in this human existence we do not talk about those things enough yeah. in this world and so yeah uh, those things are in books and
1: yeah.
2: those things are in you know stories and in reading and you know maybe that's one thing one, one additional reason why I like that world is because if I don't get that in conversations as much as what maybe I would, I would want to or hope to in my life you can get it you can get it in a book
0: that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. This is the time where if you can, do you have a shameless shout out? Anyone you want to call out or say thank you to or say go to hell to like this is your moment <laughs> where you've got some time to, to shout have- out whoever.
2: Um, I want to let's say um, I want to shout out like a previous employer who was hard on me. Um, and made me really miserable for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but I truly am a better person today because of it. Um, so yeah, I'll shout that out. And that's cool. Um, you know, I'll just shout out people who right now are just, they are just making it through what would you say like are they grinding is that what you yeah. said yeah. <laughs> they're grinding right oh, now yeah i i shout out those people i the the guy whoever it was on on that one podcast that he's walking this trail for nine months yep. i mean that i whoever he is if yeah, he's
0: listening, yeah
2: <laughs> i can never do what you're doing that, that's nope. incredible so <laughs> it's insane. i mean i th- there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things um. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to my mom because she's she's everything to me. So good. Yeah.
0: Good. What you what you said about like preps and poor making miserable that that is <laughs> the, no, that's the process. That's the process right there. You know, it's everyone. It everyone, you, you know, you like the life that you have and it is like sausage or bacon, but no one wants to see that shit get made.
1: Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
0: No one wants to go through all that stuff to get to where you are.
2: But I am so thankful I went through it. If mm-hmm. I did not go through it, if I hadn't been through it, I would not be who I am today. I, and that that's the important. No, that's you, awesome. Some people will say, like, I wouldn't be where I am today. I don't mm-hmm. think it's that. I wouldn't be who I am today.
1: Good. And I, Good. I,
2: I I like who I am, you know, and, and I needed that. I needed that to be me
0: that's yeah. all that's beautiful Lindsay. thank you so so much oh, for coming on here this, this was great so much
2: fun was really. I, it, thank you know you. the funny
0: thing you you had your list how much how many of those <laughs> cover on that oh, list
2: i mean it's right here <laughs> not many but that's okay i <laughs> see but
0: <laughs> I, I felt the authenticity Um, And that's why I said, like, I want to make sure the things that are said are from Megan's heart. Or not Megan. It's from Lindsay's heart and not Lindsay's mind. And this this felt this was heartfelt. Like, I felt like I connected and I really, really dug it. And we can absolutely talk about the other stuff.
1: No, no, no. no. I think
0: that this is I think that this is something that I needed to hear. I think this is something that other people need to hear. There's a lot of value that can be taken from books or libraries or anything like that it's just the process it's curating your life it's it's you know stepping outside and and saying like hey man all this shit i'm worrying about right now it's not that big of a deal yeah. and and that's okay yeah. and there's there's a lot to be gathered from this episode and so i'm beyond thankful to have had you uh, on our episode and i would absolutely love to have you on for more of them so uh, please, please be on the lookout for for I more know. invites to other stuff. So um, that's it for us. Thank you so much. Please be safe. Clean those hands and uh, tell, tell my boy, Kobe, I said, hey, OK,
2: I'll do it. All right. It's good seeing
0: <laughs> you. It's good talking Bye, to you. Kalu. I'll talk to you later. You See too. Ya. See ya. Bye.